10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches, hitting switches, going back. When it's two o'clock on a Wednesday and you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. You know that it's time for Some Call Me Tim. I never time it right. Some Call Me Tim. There it is. There's the trippy music that we know and love here every Wednesday when I get to talk to a different human being about what they believe in and whatever that means, however they were raised or uh, if they think you need religion to be a moral and ethical person, all kinds of, all the real important questions. And you say, why? Why is it called Some Call Me Tim? Because I watched the Holy Grail like... When I was in college, there was one month where we watched it every night. We watched for like 30 days straight. Every night we watched Monty Python and Search for the Holy Grail. And there is a character who says, there are some who call me Tim. (laughs) And the reason this show is called that is that they're on this quest to seek this Holy Grail, which is something that doesn't really exist anyways. And there's God and there's all this stuff that we believe in. And then there's a sorcerer. And you're like, of course. But I'm interested in what people's belief systems are and what makes them go about their daily life without murdering people on the street. Because we, I mean, did you drive a car here? No, uh, public transit walking. So uh, we're here with Wes Phillipson. The reason I ask that is that if you have a car, what keeps you from just running people over willy-nilly? Like you see people in sidewalks, just we're making, we make choices all the time to not kill people Uh with our huge weird vehicles or and, and why do people not kill each other? Is it because they're moral people or is it because they have empathy or what? Like, what's the structure? Why don't we just murder and eat each other all the time? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a really interesting question that I, I thought about a lot, actually, because um, I've been asked that a lot. Uh, I, I don't have a specific belief system um, in place, uh, even though I'm okay with, you know, religious as long as they're not really hurting anybody, essentially. Sure. Uh, and the the question well where do you get your morals from right um is is something that's like it's really kind of frustrated me because uh i just it's it's innate uh you think it's innate you think that morals are innately part of human beings in certain types of human beings i think that because we're born with different types of circumstances brain chemistries so nature versus nurture you're saying it's just it's a combination of both but that naturally when we're born regardless of the circumstance if we were put into the same circumstance then we would all have the same morals because uh, genetically there's something within us that makes us not want to murder each other well I, I mean I think that because uh, even though I've been really angry with people there's been people that I personally have hurt people that I know or wronged me in ways where I'm like yeah if I had the opportunity I probably would like I considered it but there's really a- wait 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 let's get into this you <laughs> think you actually do you do you you think that you could take the life of another human being it depends on the circumstance um I mean like I don't know I think 
I think that that it comes down to the circumstance. So like even so, if we're at war though, but you, see that's the thing. If you, you pose the same question to me and said, well, what if we were at war? I don't think I could actually kill someone. I think that I might choke them till they pass out, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make sure they're still breathing. I I mean, if I was gonna stab somebody. It would be in a defense wound where I'd be trying to get them away from me and slash them and not stab them repeatedly in certain places. It'd be like, get away from me. I'm not trying to kill you. Yeah. I'm trying to get away. Sure. I, yeah. You'd take a, a defensive uh, right. point. Uh, side. Exactly. Yeah. I try not to murder anybody. That, that makes sense. But I, I feel like, uh, and this is what I was thinking on the way over here, was uh, really, uh, I think religion, organized religion specifically is difficult just because uh, morality, you could be you could be at the same church as somebody and have completely different moralities huh you know it, it's it's all in how you practice it right it's individual you know you right. see you, you see people all the time who who are you know priests who do terrible things or you know it, and it all depends that's why I say it's individual because how do you feel about lying lying how much do you lie I lie uh, I lie when it's Necessary. I lie when I'm on stage. I lie when. Yeah, that's acting. That's different. Acting is lying. That's fine. That's but that's what you but, do. Okay, but then then uh, there's certain people who would say any sort of lying, even if it's acting, is a moral breach. You know what I mean? It, it but really that, depends but then that, on. That calls into question theater in general and says that theater is an unmoralistic adventure. Which which actually, they thought that it was an a, a not a moral a non moral thing to do. Even though they started with the morality plays, which is one of the ways that theater began, was that they'd go around telling people. People like this is how you act and it's acting people saying this is how you act but women weren't allowed to be actors because it was seen as an immoral pursuit because mm-hmm. to stand up on stage and have people look at you and be a woman that's terrible so they've had boys dress up anyways but theater <laughs> theater is lies and it, historically it was seen as an as an immoral art so sure. i kind of kind of believe with you there that they there it's because of lying maybe well even if you want to take it more personal where it's at home you know there's there's certain things where um, you know, just to keep the peace, it's not—it's not, it's not going to hurt anybody. You're not like—it's it's not like you cheated on somebody. Maybe you forgot to wash the dishes or whatever. And, and you, well, how do you lie about that? I don't know. When if they're like, "Have you? Did you wash this before you leave, left the house?" Oh yeah, and then you get home, you wash them real quick. Right, it's a bad example. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like ways that. It, you know, but you know the the quote unquote the white lies is what I'm talking. Sure. You know, whatever example sure. you could think of, yeah. where it's not going to hurt nothing, right. and you're just trying to keep the peace. I'm, sure. There's a, a she level does of look that. fat in that dress. By the way, if you ever have to ask, yeah, you do. Okay. If you have to ask, don't ask. Why do you have to ask? Well, well, in my case, I like when she looks fat in that dress. Oh, hey. Yeah, that's not fat. Those are boobies. It's yeah, different. No, she looks good in that it's dress. Flesh. Um, are are you your are you married? Are you in a relationship? Yeah, I'm in a, uh, I'm in a two-year relationship. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. You, two I, years. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. We're in a really happy thing, so I'm, I'm so She doesn't that. mind that you do this stand-up comedy thing? Yeah, she supports it. She's uh, supporting yeah, it. It's, Lovely. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, she's been in the scene longer than me, actually. So, oh. Yeah, so like uh, when I came in, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't think I could do the relationship thing. You know, and they so get, you're dating a comedian. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, she you're... just uh, loves comedy. Oh, that's and, great. That's and, great. Uh, that's great. You know, she's trying to do her own thing within the circle, but not not specifically stand up. That's great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a mutual thing. Yeah. I used to date a comedian when I first started comedy, and he's great. He's a great guy. He's not a comedian anymore, but he's drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. <laughs> lovely, lovely human being. But never date a comedian. It gets to the point where like, like I only started six weeks before him, but I always felt like I'm such a bigger comedian than you are and like it became this thing where like he'd get booked and I'd be like ah, 
they haven't booked me. Why would they book you? And he's oh, like, because no. I'm funny. And I'm like, yeah, you're funny, but not as funny as me. Oh, like Jesus. we'd get, yeah, we were we were competing quite a bit. We were collaborating a lot too, but mm. we were we definitely were doing some competition stuff, which I didn't. I don't think it was healthy for the relationship. But then, I mean, I've been with Jonathan for four years now, and he loves comedy. So it's fine. But the problem is that he's too supportive and I never know if I'm actually funny or not because he's like, it was great. You're great. You're amazing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> shut up. That's not true. No, she's actually very uh, realistic with me and I appreciate so that. So those aren't the white lies. She doesn't do the white lies. You were no. great tonight, honey. It was no, great. I appreciate the fact that she does it because I would know if she was, if I, if I hear silence, I know I didn't do well. Uh, so you know what I mean? Like, and especially with her because she has one of those great laughs uh, uh, that everybody loves, but you can't fake it so if you don't get it it wasn't funny in her eyes at least right, right. Uh, so like it's you know I, if I go home and she's like oh no you did good I, I, no I didn't like your, <laughs> your your other uh, your uh, what's the word I'm looking for your your audience participation spoke otherwise I think you just protest too much um, so <laughs> you, do you you consider yourself a moral person yeah of course yeah absolutely a couple white lies no big deal might be able to kill somebody, but not think, you know. It would, it would have to be an extreme circumstance. It have to be an extreme circumstance. Yeah. Okay, here's the here's thing. You're driving. Um, I don't know if you drive or not, but just hypothetical situation. And you hit a dog, and the dog is dying. Mm-hmm. Do you, what do you do? Uh, well, I mean, you it's try to get It's not dead the, yet. Okay. Well, if, yeah, you try to get it to... Some help if you can. Really? So you'd put the you'd put the bleeding dog in your car and, and go to an emergency veterinarian? Yeah, I love dogs. <laughs> wow. Well, no, but that's like a, that's a totally more. A lot of people would get not get out of their car and they just keep driving. Well, then that's they're what, assholes. <laughs> right. But, that's, but the question is, are they still a moral person? Because it's not to a human; it's to an animal, and we eat animals. So what's the difference? Of, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, but. sure, yeah. Um, well, that's why I think it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, it it because. <laughs> Well, uh, let me try to backtrack a little bit. Sure. The the background that I came from, uh, I was I had no religious upbringing at all until I was ten, and that was because both my parents weren't religious. But when they got into relationships, if that person was religious, then they adapted that religion. Interesting. So, and my my mom uh, got. Are they negative personalities? But they don't have any of their own like self and structure. They just glom onto someone else and believe what they believe. Wow. Exactly it. And then oh on top of that, That's I. An interesting uh, you know, with the, um, I went through the military, so there's a, a heavy... Of course you can kill someone. You've been in the military. But they're also heavy Christian in there where they're constantly preaching Christianity. In the military? Absolutely. About killing people. This yeah. is so interesting. I didn't know you well, were not, in the military. Not, no, not uh, about killing people in Christianity. Like, it's it's just the, uh, the religious thing. The military is Christian. Apt, almost, they, they provide every other one. Right. But the one that's prevalent there is Christianity. Sure. And that's, wow. I mean, that's just, I think it's a lot to do with um, the places that they recruit from and wow. so on and of, so forth. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so there's that element. And then when I got out, uh, I got into um, a lot of different, I've, I've had to move around a lot. I've been to other countries and stuff. So I've gotten to experience a lot of different cultures and a lot of different people and, uh, and, and really get to take in all these different types of cultures and personalities and especially the religions. Yeah, and you're in the sweet spot where you didn't have to go to war. You're post... You're too young. You're too young to be in the first Gulf War, and you're too old to be in Afghanistan. So you were in this sweet spot in the middle where you got to be in the military and didn't have any like huge conflicts that we were dealing with, right? Like you no, I to- signed up a month before September 11th. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'm confused at your. 
Your age, you look, I was thinking you were like my age, like you were like 43. Uh, no, you I'm gray hair. I'm 38. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. I, uh, well, we're similar. So yeah, yeah, work, not, not too. You were in the sweet spot. Um, I, I joined when I was 21. So. Oh, you were older. See, okay, so I was kind yeah, of yeah. the right age range. But yeah. I was thinking if you joined at 18, it would be that sort of 90s time between everything. Yeah, no, you know, that, like that was the case. Clinton. Right. With the Bush, there wasn't really anything going on. But yeah. early, you know, with the George Bush Sr., there was all that stuff happening with you know Kuwait and blah 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 so but no you did so you were you did go like the Afghan you were in the whole thing well the, yeah I mean like I was Air Force so like I, I you know it, it was it was a time frame but and uh, our station got deployed so it first like six months I mean it was uh, it, it, and we were 10 miles away from it were in Qatar uh-huh. so it was like it was 10 miles away from anything that was even happening really I mean so it was support you were a support team well I was the crew fighting. chief on F-16s so oh, like the fighter jets uh, so like that's fucking cool Cool. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting uh, gig, and it was it, it like stage managing when the planes are coming in. Like they're it was, coming, you got to get the little cooks out and have everything ready, and then yeah, same thing as when you go to the airport, except they're fighter jets, basically. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! So, yeah, um, it was a really interesting gig, and it, it like it it set my my. Uh, my work level up and everything like that so when i got out i got into you know a lot of different things um but but yeah i mean like it it, it was an interesting thing because uh be, I, I had recovered jets that came back from firing missiles off Ooh. so it was like they left with live rounds and they came back empty right and you know that that just went off and killed things bunch of people right and you're like you're complicit in that even though you didn't fire the trigger are you still complicit in the in those acts of death not at all i you, I, are, you don't think you're complicit but if you're mm-hmm. if you're helping the machinery work for those people to be murdered yeah doesn't it somehow implicates you in their death doesn't it yeah you're, you're kind of faced with that like that's that really bothered me and it was yeah. it, it, it kind of uh it, it got i didn't realize that because really if you can go into the military and be a part of something where nothing that you touch will kill anybody right you know like and if i had you not gone to the station that i had gone to i never would have i could have gone to like uh north carolina and sure. just launch out jets i would never see action right 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 so you could do a whole career like that right um i just so happened to be stationed at a base that went was, was one of the first ones that go to a place in the middle east and as a result like the the repercussions of getting out are uh life-changing if yeah. you if you want to leave during especially during wartime and especially so soon after we had just went because that was 20 uh 2002 to 2003 sure so uh, that was right after september 11th right, right so it's right. super super hot and uh and you know like you can't get out You'll you'll be looked at as right. A, you have to well. You, what, what, when you join voluntarily, what is it? A four year commitment? It's, yeah, it's, active yeah. duty four years. Right. Well, it's an eight year commitment overall, <gasps> but it's four years if you go active duty, and then you're just on active reserve uh, for the other four years. Huh. But that's like you like they have to be like coming on like they have to be invading on our soil in order for that to happen. Right. Yeah. So what were some of the coolest Top Gun type names you heard? Like, uh, huh. they have they have those funny names. Right. There's like. <laughs> Goose and Maverick and yeah. all that beast men. What were some of their names? Do you remember? Because they don't think is that real? Is Top Gun real enough that they all have huge egos and they're like, my dick is as big as his plane. I'm flying. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're especially fighter jet guys. They're um they're they're pretty full of themselves. But what the thing the thing about is when they're uh when they get up to in rank. 
uh, when they're like colonels and things like that, they ch- they tend to chill out quite a bit. They mm. they've done enough time and they've they've been egotistical long enough. That's an interesting thing about what I, at least in the Air Force, what I saw was uh, uh, the upper ranks were they tend to be usually tend to be ch- a lot more just relaxed and laid back because after you've murdered so many people it's just, well, yeah. what else are you gonna do kick back and have a Budweiser I don't know yeah. man it's so it was an, it was like being young and not really understanding you know exactly because really the option for me at that time was uh, be homeless Ooh. or go into the military right yeah and sure no so, it's a that makes sense it's what happens to a lot of people yeah sure and I mean like I, the upbringing that I had wasn't a good one it was we were oh. very poor and, and like so there was no options I didn't really have a lot of uh, Your parents, parents weren't paying for college. Oh, it no. wasn't like... No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> which college... Which, not, are you going to college? Which college are you going to? We already yeah. have your trust fund. It's all set up. You see, we've been putting money away since you were born. No, 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 that no. That doesn't... Like, I know, it When you're 18, you need to figure out something. So, right. uh, yeah. So, like, I, you know, it, was, it seemed like a way to um, get into better jobs than I would have had I not sure. gone in. And it did. Yeah. Well, no, and you know what? Not everybody subscribes or needs to to the four years of high school four years of college meet somebody go get a job have a baby and a dog like not everybody's on that like you're so when I was turned 25 and I was I was getting married I was on that track Mm -hmm. and I used to say to people I'm so old to be getting married I'm like my oldest of my friends and I'm 25 I'm so old and I'm it's just I'm so stupid because I had just bought that line that this is the way you live you you go to high school you go to college you meet a guy you follow him to graduate school then you get married then you have this and this is what you do but that's very different when you know you're born on third base and you have all these options and your parents pay for college it's different if you're 18 and they say get the fuck out of the house and you're like am i gonna work at what am i gonna when you haven't i mean what were your jobs in high school did you have like, oh, I did the basic stuff. Like I did ice cream and yeah, you know whatever, like kid I was, stuff. Yeah, right, I was like I was yeah. a waiter or a hostess. Yeah, I did at that a place. Too. Yeah. yeah, I mean just whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was more like needed something to launch me into a direction so I can. I didn't expect one. I didn't expect September 11th to happen because like sure. it, ha- it was a month before I had signed up and like once you're once you're in, you're in. That's crazy. Um, <gasps> Were you then, so bummed when that you're like fuck. Well, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, and honestly, I didn't... When you go in, you don't even know what you're going to do. Right, because you take the test. You take the ASFAB. Right. And they said, yeah, you can do these things, and you put you can put what you want on a wish list, but there's no guarantee that's what you're going to get. Right. And then you're basically at... You're at their mercy once you're yeah. in. Yeah, and if you get out in that time frame especially. Like, if it was 90s, like you said, yeah, yeah. it's easier to the get out. The sweet spot, you but, bet. But once, I was, once that happened, <laughs> uh, new. No, yeah, know, There's right. no getting out. So, it's it's it was... It was rough, and it was like a life lesson. I tried to avoid any sort of... I tried to go on other duties, you know, whatever, sure. to avoid the thing. And the majority of my time in was spent in, like, Arizona and Germany and, and you know, things like that. So, like... It, yeah, it, the, I mean, those two are just linked together, right? Arizona and Germany. They're totally. completely different. It's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah. But, well, yeah. I went, well, like, I, once it was time to get out, I got out. Good you for know? you. And yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that long term. There was no way. But um, you you learned a skill you never would have it, you never would have learned. It definitely formed me. Yeah, it made me right. a more disciplined person for sure. Right. Because uh, people tell to. you to do things and you have to. You have to. Oh, you can't God, you can't whine and complain and walk I, away. I, I can't. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very disciplined person on my own because I was ballerina as yeah. a child and and I ran cross country whatever, but. I still don't like people telling what to do. I, they can. I can take direction really well, right. but I have to really respect you. Like if yeah. someone I don't respect, 
and so that's the thing you're forced to respect people if people are in charge of you in the military it's not a did you earn my respect it's you fucking respect me because I'm in charge of you that's just the way it is yeah it's hard there's especially there's like a we had a we had a they're called butter bars as a, a second lieutenant that's the first officer rank so they're just out of the academy and we had one at our duty station in germany and his education was physical education huh why are you in charge of an entire fighter fighter jet uh squadron if your education is in physical phys ed right she's like yeah how does that how does that translate? Right. You know, so well, you, there must have been some score on the ASFAB, which said that they were like some crazy mathematician genius. And there was a lot of weird kind of things where you're like, why should I respect you? I've, I mean, like, you know what? I, right. It, well, it, that's yeah. happening right now with our president. I'm like, well, oh, why absolutely. should I respect you? No, not not at it's all. Like, there's no your behavior is not respectable at all. I, I can't even. You've ruined the office. Like. Well, <laughs> Back on on morality there yeah, yeah, because yeah. he wasn't even uh, any sort of religious type of person when he be, when he got there and now all of a sudden because he appealed to the uh, the religious right sure now he's uh, now he's stuck having to constantly say oh pray you know and right thank to God Jesus and all, and that all this stuff. other thing yeah. and now uh-huh. he's like and how do how do how do like and and I look at organize like whatever you believe is what you believe you know if, if, uh, there's good people in every religion right. good so, and like, bad in everyone. Exactly. So, like, that's why, you know, that guy, he's practicing it in a way where good people are like, what the, you are, you're representing us horribly. Absolutely. Right? They got to be infuriated by him. Uh, I'm just excited that, that we can now everyone can say shithole. I'm just excited <laughs> that a fifth grader can talk about the news and be like, today I'm doing a report on the kingdom of shithole, formerly known as Norway. In Oslo, in Oslo shithole, there's, I mean, I just love that, that now there, the morality is so degraded that we can say shithole now. On TV, in the news, children can say it. It's not even shit. Used to be a bad word, and now it's like doesn't matter. It's a little frightening. I mean, if you if you look at the fall of Rome, this the parallels between us and that time frame are pretty similar. And and I find it the there's just an incongruity in my own brain. There's a cognitive dissonance about the concept that that there's so much religiosity religiosity mm. going on right. with our Christianity as a country and against the Muslims. But the person who's doing that is degrading a general morality because he's somehow saying that you know all people are equal but some people are more equal than others i don't even think if you asked our president if all people were equal he'd be like no they're not no i don't think he thinks that at all i I mean his (laughs) actions show that it's like if he really thought everybody was equal he'd have no problem with haiti or any other country you know what i mean it's it's yeah yeah it's very evident so uh yeah it's it you know it and uh have you have you read that fire and fury book yet no but i've uh heard very much about it and seen very many quotes and things and i love it that there are people saying he has no idea what he's doing it's a total shit show it's 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 scary and it's fucking it, it makes me laugh and it makes me cry at the same time it's like damn it's as bad as we think it is yeah yeah well i read um george H or George W. Bush, younger. I read his uh, quote-unquote autobiography. I mean, clearly it was the ghostwriter. Like the first fifty pages are him like talking into a thingy, and then it's like the rest of it is someone else writing it. But I read that only because I was like, I need to know the enemy. I I have to know like what this person thinks about himself. And sure. it was very interesting because he said 
he believed that he was a conduit for God, that God spoke mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. He believed, and he's the president. And I'm like, you believe that like, so, but I used to be Christian too. I used to believe right. that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and he's my buddy and we could talk all the time. I wanted to have an invisible friend who was life-size and a cat. My parents said, that's crazy. And yet I can talk to a 33-year-old zombie man forever. <laughs> like, that's not weird. Right. But the having a giant invisible cat friend is weird. Okay. Yeah. But like, I really did talk to Jesus and believe that he talked to me and that God would speak through me and... Oh, I haven't done that Bible delving joke in forever. Um, but I used to actually Bible delve where I'd sit down and I'd be like, Jesus, show me what you need me to know. Sure. And I just like open my eyes to a, to a, and it was like a, it's a philosophical exercise. Like right. I'm looking at a large text and then somehow applying it to my life and being like, this is what God really wants me to know. Right. God, come on. Yeah. Grant. I might as well use the I Ching, you know, like, I'm gonna <laughs> or flip some Ouija points. board. <laughs> yeah. Or a Ouija board, something. So, but these just the concept of these characters that we believe in that somehow make us moral or I well it's so I, confusing to me at this I, point I feel like and this I feel like uh, that and this might rub people the wrong way but it, it's a way to kind of disassociate yourself with your own behavior you, you can't you don't have to take accountability as much for your behavior if you if you are an ex- and this is for and i'm only saying this for extreme people like fanatics you know like the uh extreme cases um where they where they just like oh i'm doing this uh, because jesus said so right, and you're right. like whoa whoa whoa, what how, we're supposed to buy it just because this what you're doing is wrong morally right. wrong absolutely you know and then you go well what's morally wrong according to you well like i don't know not killing people or, or hurting kids or right, raping, raping and stuff all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. you know like that's pretty that's we pretty had a well pastor into- we had a pastor at my church who ended up getting dispastored or whatever i don't know what it's called the church ended up splitting over him uh pastor ron lee davis anyways he was pastor and he had all these books and everyone like he's this moral guy and he'd stand up at the pulpit on sundays and he'd talk about his three kids and his wife and how great everything was and he'd tell of all the things and whatever but what ended up coming out is that he was sleeping with the women that he was personally counseling, mm-hmm. saying that in order for them to have their sins absolved, they had to have sex with him. So I'm sitting here going like, but he really believed, I think he legitimately believed that God told him to sleep with these women. But then it's like he's lying about it. There's so many things happening. I'm like, how much denial and craziness is in your head but i think we build that by having a relationship built on these false mythological allegorical creatures and then we imbue power into men yeah and then suddenly there were like nine women that came forward mm-hmm. and they all felt guilty because they were like i'm cheating on my husband but i'm doing it with the pastor because he's helping me absolve my sin from something else it yeah. gets so crazy yeah it, i mean that's why i say morality is individual it really it doesn't it doesn't matter if i mean you as long as what you're practicing is benefiting humanity then then great go ahead do it you know but if if what you're doing is obviously the opposite of that and i think and i honestly think that you know we're all we only we made it up to this point um with with a a serious lack of morality for a very long time 
You know, so there has to be... Oh, you be, mean like caveman days? Like... N- well, even... Well, sure. I mean, like, <laughs> but even if you want to go, say, if, you, if you're if uh, you an evangelical who believes it's only 2,000 years old or 6,000 years old, sure. you can go back even that far. Uh, right, and, and okay. And be like, okay, there's plenty of examples of extreme immorality that was practiced by all religions. Right. Yeah. Well, the Romans, they did terrible things to people. They made them fight and they... they I mean, they did terrible things, not just to humans, because fuck humans but like they were getting giraffes they're bringing them over from Africa taking them across seas in these huge journeys to make them fight lions it was just it was just awful but they trained people to enjoy spectacle but we're doing that now yeah sure yeah yeah it's it's this is why uh, because I was like I was atheist for a while but that's hard to do because you like to believe in nothing it kind of leaves you uh it does kind of leave you vacant. Like, yeah, you kind of look yeah. at the darkness and everything. Sure. And, and, and I'm not saying that you need, absolutely need a belief system, but it does uh, ground you in a little way. And I, I took a more, um, like, a kind of a, a silly approach to it. Because uh, if anybody asks, because people ask, and I don't like to say I don't believe in anything. That's right. It's not a, it's not a good look, essentially, <laughs> right? And it's not true because I, I have moral beliefs, but I have nothing to categorize it under. Sure. So um, I, I just go with uh, spirit animals, which is oh, a silly definitely. way to go. Yeah. Who's your spirit animal? Uh, I'm a crow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, just because I, I like spirit animals simply because it doesn't, it's like a nickname. Sure. You, you can't. Pick yours. Stephen Curry is my spirit animal, actually. I oh, picked him. Oh, Stephen Curry? Stephen Curry is my spirit animal. Yeah, absolutely. I Damn, love that guy. That's not a bad one. No, he's, I mean, and he he is like a little moral guy. He's so great because he's like so graceful. He reminds me of Barack Obama. He just has so much grace. You know what I mean, though? He, like, he can be mean to Trump without being mean. Like sure. He can just, just by his own actions being so awesome. In I mean, he just, the man has a lot of grace. I dig it. That's yeah, a good one. so I like <laughs> stuff and great. And he's really good at what he does, but he doesn't have a huge ego about it. And he can pass the ball, and he can be a star. But he isn't like I'm the best player that ever played, which he could be. Sure, but he's not. You know, he's he has a sense of humility, and I really appreciate that. In yeah. his greatness, he has humility. Totally. No, it's it's always good when you see a superstar that's humble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. when they're so good at shit. It's like. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you, your spirit animal is a crow. Well, no, yeah. I, well, basically, yeah. It, it. The reason why I like it is because it doesn't, um, it doesn't push anything on anybody. You don't, you don't go. Oh, you have to be this or whatever. It's just like it kind of grounds you to um, a system of kind of innate behaviors. You know, like uh, there's personality and character traits of every different animal on the planet, and there's a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And they've already kind of been assigned um, their person, you know, by whoever's watched them. Right, and cats whatever. are aloof. Right, all these Dogs super things. Dogs are needy. And uh, it's basically a, a much more <laughs> intricate um, uh, astrology kind of thing, but not sure. astrology. And and not, like, I'm not, like, super into it to a point where it's like, I'm a... I'm, cultish about it right you're not like i'm a crow so i'm only gonna date exactly other crows because, exactly it's not right yeah it's not if like you're it's a just, cat we can't get along right <laughs> totally yeah. um but like if you look at the characteristics of crow they follow me right down the line it's just it's just silly how they you know i won't go into the details but it fits me to a t yeah. and and i'm like well why not 
I mean, if, it, if you're wearing a shirt that says "Old Crow," hell yeah, it's like I've Kentucky embraced it in that way. Yeah. Um, and it, and it kind of it gives me like just uh, you could see them day to day. You watch their behavior and you kind of connect with it. And there's so many different animals where like you can you can be whatever. Well, you can be a cat, but you're also a tiger, or you can be like whatever. It 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 allows for a lot more freedom of movement in sure. that way. Yeah. Um, and and it kind of like it. It also makes it a caricature, like your your behavior that you can't quite explain if you just a- assign it to an animal. Right. Then you, you tend to uh, not take it so seriously and be like, this is a problem or this is rude or whatever. It's like, no, it's just part of me and it's it's my crow coming out, right? Sure. Same way people go with like Gemini, but like internally, don't don't be weird about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, but like I already have my moral standpoint, you know, like right. I don't. I don't kill people unless it's extreme circumstances. I feel bad when I hurt people morally or physically, you know, like it's it. And I think there's just good people and bad people uh, and not necessarily like good, bad, but just however they rationalize things, whatever chemical balance they got going on in their head. Well, and, and I think that sometimes I've, I've come across some friends recently who their behavior has not been uh, great and they're starting. There's been, there've been, uh, repercussions for their behavior and they keep thinking like why is bad everything bad always happening to me and what it comes down to is that they don't even remember their behavior when they're doing it because they're so wasted mm. so it's an alcohol issue sure where it's like they don't even know and then they get so mad the next day like why is everybody persecuting me what's going on and why are people persecuting me and it's like well <laughs> you were drunk and you were kind of being a dick yeah for like, sure but then they because they're not even remembering to acknowledge like when you're wasted, you don't even acknowledge your own behavior. Yeah. You don't even know what's going on. You can't remember right. it. You don't know what you did. And then, and that, so I feel, but then you're or, sort of, you don't mean to be having those behaviors because you wake up the next day and you're like, but why, why am I getting all these repercussions? What did I do? I'm like a nice person. But it's, so it's almost like a self-delusional activity, well, maybe. I don't know. Well, you also have to be aware of your faults. I mean, right. like, I think I think the biggest problem right now, especially in our society, I mean, you, the biggest problem with morality right now is accountability. Oh, I mean, like, wow. it, that's my f- feeling on it. Like, accountability is almost none. It's just like, every, right. you see it in politics, you see it in, in religious sure. sectors, you see it in and even people in, in day-to-day fucking whatever. I can do anything the fuck I want because I can. Yeah, or and if matter. I, oh, I can, I can just back my way out of it, lie my way out of it. Like, it's it's if you can like what I was saying the white lies whatever but if you did something wrong that maybe hurt some someone or something or whatever you have to take accountability for it right, it might right. hurt and it might suck but if you own it you'll feel better in the long run well and it's the only way to pe- make people actually not mad at you if you make a exactly. mistake and you say gee I made a mistake mm-hmm. then what can they do yell at you for making a mistake you know you're admitting it and you're trying to rectify the situation by fixing it in the moment for whatever it was right and if you if you try to hide it or blame it on someone else it's just gonna keep happening yeah. until I mean you can I guess you can deny anything for as long as you want. I, yeah, <laughs> and that's how I feel about these big powers is they're they're making huge mistakes and then they can't even just they they can't they're like they have to act like they're infallible. Right. And like you're a human being, you can make mistakes, just own it because what's frustrating us is we see you making mistakes and you're not owning and it. And then going I get to say things like that because I'm the president. Or yeah, whatever. The, the <laughs> shithole country or the missigning of the DACA thing. Or, yeah. I mean, there's so many things. Like gra- grabbing the pussy, just being, you know. Sure. And it goes well beyond be him. Honest, it goes in other countries and stuff. <laughs> if you can't be honest about your own hairline, how can you be honest <laughs> about anything? Just fucking take the toupee off, bro. Be a Bernie. <laughs> be like, this is what it is. My, my vanity is a problem. 
That, like admit it. That's the least of his problems. No, I know there's so many. It's just, uh, and and it still gets down. When I look at that person, I say I don't think that's a moralistic person because they see money mm-hmm. more important than people. Right. And you can't negate that. There are so many things that he has done. When the Trump, when the Taj Mahal closed in Jersey, and four oh, forty five hundred people almost lost their job over. They went to work and there was a sign on the door that said, "Gee, you got you got nothing." Right. And he didn't even say sorry. It was like that's business. Yep. So like forty five hundred people went to work and all of a sudden there was no work right that's a huge that's a huge number of people where do they go get judged they're gonna have health insurance what's gonna happen it was just like ah fuck it or the this just their money they're not worth anything to me because they're not their money is more important than people and that's what i would say is like a crux of morality what what is more important that's like that's like saying because it's the racism thing and slavery Creep. Letting slavery yeah. happen means that you're getting free labor, and well, that's good for me because I get free labor. I love it, but <laughs> it, that, that's not valuing humanity. No. Isn't valuing humanity what the base of morality is? Yeah. Well, greed. I think greed is at the base of all more immorality uh. in, in a sense of like everything that you you could point out that's been uh terrible for our country and for and humanity really it's, a lot of it has been based off of greed wow. you know free labor well why would you not pay them well because i want it all for myself right you know what i mean it's it's right and you see it now like they pass all these laws so they can help out their really really rich buddies right you know and the rest of us get the, fucked right yeah. and there's more of us and that's the thing i can't understand there's more of us than them, but somehow we keep getting fucked. I don't get the whole healthcare thing is so confusing to me no, because right. I mean, in the rich, we're one of the richest countries in the world. Sure, healthcare. Did we decide that it's a right yet? Do we say healthcare is a right for people, or do we say there, it's a right if you have enough money? I guess right now we say, well, it's a right if you have enough money, pretty much. Yeah, but m- morality would be saying that everyone regardless gets access to healthcare because we can yeah because why wouldn't we and a huge thing with the military background um when they constantly talk about well we can't afford it we can't afford it we can't afford it well i've seen the bills and the receipts for the things that they pay for you know a couple of washers for two thousand dollars you know the the officers quarters are all decked out like you know trump's fucking place it's it's not exactly like they're hurting in the military and they're constantly trying to find ways to spend more money in there so they can keep getting bigger paychecks every year and we keep giving them more money because that's our our fear our fear base is what is controlling this country so that is why our military keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because we're all so terrified and we have to keep protect ourselves blah 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 yeah we're we've only had what one attack in fucking a long time and you go to other countries that have attacks all the time they're used to it yeah well that's the whole thing when we hear fighter pilots we're like fuck it's fucking fleet week again when other people hear fighter pilots they're like we're going to die yeah exactly you know (laughs) all that shit they're coming Ah! You know, and so we, we're like, look at the cool things in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's, it's really it's this kind of contradiction where like, oh, how how cool, but then you think about what damage that thing what does. What that means? On, on yeah. The, yeah, exactly. What that means to somebody um, else. That and, to, that. and it's a tough subject Come because, on. like, I personally know. Uh, best friends who instead of going into my branch they went into the to the army and went to Afghanistan for a few tours and things Oof. so like I've personally known people who've gone and de- dealt with that so it's not 
It's not any easier for them. No, oh, and I, I, uh, not IUDs. That's what I have in my uterus. But I, <laughs> getting blown right. up uh, on the side of the road, and you don't know what's happening. I mean, you're constantly in a heightened state, uh, an, an alerted state. So scary. They've got them on all that crazy methamphetamine or whatever to keep them awake and yeah. going and okay. And, and uh, to, I just can't even. And to bring it. it back to that, I mean, or bring it back to the healthcare thing. Even when the military guys get out you got all this flag wave and you got these yellow ribbons but these guys are left pretty much on their own to deal with mental problems and sure. physical yeah. trauma and and you know they're, they're largely ignored Absolutely. and so like you're okay if you support them so well if this is your cause if this is what it's all about then why are you ignoring the people who are like at the forefront of this of your cause right right PTSD so, is real exactly so it's, it's like <laughs> it's this, super real and it's really debilitating uh, so you can and we don't provide the mental health services or the no. ability to come we're like hey uh thanks yeah and then that's it it's not even yeah. really thanks it's like it's not even a true thank you it's like no nah, gave of your time you could have died you know when you signed this country still, truly abuses its soldiers for absolutely. sure yeah what, i was gonna talk about that what what was the food like yeah, you know, depending on the base, okay. uh, and especially if you went to a base that had a lot of officers, like uh, the one in Arizona where we trained to, we trained around live aircraft before we went to our first duty station. Mm-hmm. That was also the training base for the F-16 pilots. Right. So you had really high-ranking people, uh, a lot of a lot of officers. Right. So that place, like you went into that one, and they had like all the fixings. Right. Right. They had everything. Sure. But uh, then you go off to some like random one out nowhere north carolina yeah it's, it's unedible yeah. right <laughs> so. right well and that's the and then that that basically all men aren't created equal that's basically saying rather instead of money giving you power and worth it's saying that rank is what gives you worth yeah worth. yeah and but the, uh, well back to the original thing which is like how why we can't afford these things why people keep saying oh it can't be afforded well like yeah i've seen the, the the budget that they get yeah we can we can cut it back still have the the fifth largest military in the world and pay for health care and pro- social programs and all these other things the fact that we can't pay for it is bullshit right absolutely. you know so and especially when all that extra money isn't even going to the military it's going right into the pockets of the most powerful wealthiest people we all know it. well and it's so funny to me i get so angry because we build bombs that mm. cost lots of money mm. and then we go in and we bomb their existing buildings yeah and then we make contracts to rebuild the buildings it's so sad because i'm like if you want to make money off of that why do you have to destroy it first it seems like a conflict of interest we're gonna destroy your place because we want to come back in with the contracts and build it no, why it, not just repurpose the old buildings it, anyway it's like you're creating demand right you're creating demand yeah. by blowing things up exactly it sucks it's no it's sucks. awful it's it's, it's the worst thing that it's that level of humanity where that's that's a person who whoever makes that call that's a person without any sort of moral standing at all right except like, that they are probably really christian and they think that they, they're being a really more because they're like those brown people they don't deserve anything because they're muslims and i'm a christian extreme christians have you seen um extreme uh, christians believe that muslims are a cult right. even extreme christians think that catholics are in a cult i was taught in my presbyterian roots that my catholic grandmother who god bless her soul she went to mass every twice a week god she really really believed in catholicism and i was told in fifth grade that she was going to hell because catholics were part of a cult yeah and i'm like we're all Christians. What yeah. is wrong? They were saying Buddhism was a cult. Hinduism is a cult. Right. Mormons are a cult. Right. They're all wrong. Muslims are a cult. Yeah. 
and they're all going to hell except for us and you need to go proselytize those poor those poor people they want they're going to burn in hell with their children and isn't that awful unless you make them understand that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior do you remember the heaven's gate thing <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah. That I just was, watched that documentary. They wore the tri. They had the triangles, and they wore the little things over there. Had the little purple scarves when they killed themselves. Yeah. And the and the Nike shoes. Yeah. The, the Nike right. shoes. They were all wearing black, yeah. and they had a little emblem, and they covered their faces with like a lavender hanky, and they all drank the Kool Aid again because of the, the comet. They were going to get in the tail of the comet. Yeah. And it was taking them to heaven. Do you know how they got those people to do that though? Acid. No. <laughs> no, they uh, they actually they essentially went to big cities and found people who were like lost. They were in a, they were in a period of transition where they had they spent a long time doing something and that fell through or whatever, and now they're like just you know recently I don't left know what their to husband. Do. Something or, right, exactly. Sure. Some traumatic. Just thing. got out of the military. Right, found yeah. these people and then brought them out to the middle of nowhere and just brainwashed them into saying, "Hey, we're gonna do this comet thing," and they did it. And my thought, after all watching all that and saying, like, yeah, that's fucked up, but it still has killed less than all the organized religions that we have. Good point. Absolutely. People, that's still something that they they did a documentary on it. People know about it. It was a well, big news thing. It's like Jonestown. It was, like, it was basically exactly. saying modern day Jonestown. Right, exactly. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. Brainwashing and for whatever reason they're like, We're all gonna kill ourselves now and everyone's like, All right. Extremists are are never but, a good thing. But the thing is that <clears throat> and lately I've been thinking about the insignificance of my own life and about humanity in general. No. But that's the whole thing is that how dare we all seem to think that we're such fucking snowflakes and we're so important and it's like really in the grand scheme of things, Not we don't matter. Nope. at all which is why I don't feel terrible about doing comedy anymore or being happy all the time or smoking as much weed as I want to because we're we're insignificant on the scale of the world we are a blip in time it doesn't matter yeah and to even think like if you guys are in heaven's game you want to kill yourself that's fine that great yeah. if you want to I mean we, uh, realistically we need to kill some people on the earth here we're kind of having too many like we sort of need a new you know some crazy like biological thing that wipes us off I thought this flu the last couple weeks was going to wipe everybody out yeah everybody had it it's been rough did you have it? Yeah. Did you have it. the poopies or the snotties? Uh, both. <laughs> you had both. Yeah. It was two different strains. Yeah. I only got the snotties. I never got the poopies. But it was it was two different strains of flu, and some people got them at the same time, and some people only got one, and some people only got the other, mm-hmm. and it was different depending on your timing. And it started right after Thanksgiving, so the first round of sickness was like just beginning of December, and it's still going now. So it's funny to like watch over these past two months like different people being sick on the bus or around and just seeing like San Francisco be devastated by this double yeah. flu pandemic yeah it's been messing up a lot of people yeah yeah but it's great because now it's a great excuse like if you don't show up to work or you don't show up somewhere you're just like they're like oh you got the flu huh mm-hmm. yeah. like, I've been I've been bailing out like last night I went out and I ground pretty hard on the comedy scene but I've been pretty laissez-faire lately about hitting open mics because I'm just being lazy but sure. I've been like it's the flu and be like oh it's the flu and I'm like mm, yeah it's the flu <laughs> but it's just because I've been lazy and I haven't felt like doing the open mics shit do you I mean how do you you still believe you believe in yourself as a comedian you keep wanting to do it you don't see it as a 
pointless endeavor and what the fuck are we all doing? I, t- I got to tell you, I mean, my demographic right now is not very popular. Um, and <laughs> oh, you mean the guys with dark, with dark hair and beards? <laughs> yeah, that, those guys. There, fuck there's like those five guys. of you. There were five of you sitting next to each other. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> you guys all kind of look the same. Like ben Mitchell, you, Dan Shively. Oh, shit. You all have dark hair and beards. That's funny. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't shave because I, I got sensitive skin on my face. Oh, that's so nice. uh, I just grow the beard because I don't want to shave. Yeah, like <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I I uh, I keep at it because I really I've done a lot of different stuff. You know, I've I've worked a lot of really hard jobs. I've done I busted my ass, and I've done everything that this system has told me I should be doing. Right. You know, all Americana kind of break your way up. You know, from your bootstraps, all that bullshit. Right. Sure. And I, I, I military is pretty bootstrapping. Well, military, and then I went to manufacturing for 13 years, and then I went truck driving. Oh my over, god, you drove trucks? Yeah, I drove diesel trucks. 48 okay, states. That's fucking cool. You <laughs> drove diesel. You can drive a diesel truck. Yeah, I can drive an eight. What, what kind of what kind of class? It's a class. Class C? A. Class A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's yeah. You drove. It, that is insanely. Awesome. It's weird. Did you it, did you do meth back then? No. Oh, okay. No. You, lots of coffee. Uh, yeah, lots of coffee. Catheters. Catheter. I should wish actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were times. Just put the catheter in, and so they can just pee into a little baggy bag. You, sometimes you need to. Sometimes you have no other option. So <laughs> you get really good at peeing into bottles. Yeah. While you're driving. Or sticking your dick out the window. That's got to be hard. Kind of standing up, sticking your dick out the window, and still trying to drive. Yeah. That doesn't sound safe. It's not. It's a safety third kind of moment. That's why when the trucks drift over they're just trying to take a piss <laughs> <laughs> just don't get too mad been yeah. holding their bladder for five hours oh, <laughs> why did you leave truck driving uh well for many reasons uh, but basically um they're they're uh, yet another industry that's being heavily abused uh, along with the manufacturing industry like i i really gave it my honest shot to work make it in the blue collar world you know I, right. I i took every job i got seriously i gained a lot of skills but um every company that i worked for um were all corporate big corporation kind of things and they didn't give a fuck about their employees every huh. everyone was like anybody who'd been there for over 10 years complained about their uh 401ks lessening and their wow um when i was in manufacturing pretty much i was a temp for 13 years because every place that i went to was shutting down oh. so then sending it to wherever china or mexico or whatever so i got to see it firsthand wow. uh just shrink and and people get put out of work and right. blue collar jobs yeah, just not existing anymore disappeared. well it's, well, it's the it's the dismantling the middle class yeah. basically we we as a i guess we as americans dismantled the middle class by taking away all of the blue collar manufacturing jobs from people here and then moving it overseas because it's cheaper yeah which is terrible because that means someone else is making the money well, not and us and automation's taking away a lot of the work too especially uh, in automation because of manufacturing a lot of the jobs that used to be hand done were Rosie automated the done. Yeah, 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 right yeah. and uh and then now um that's gone and on top and now the trucking industry those are about to be automated so they, there's a because massive of, population of people are going to be out of, of work because of self-driving cars or what are they going to because self-driving of trucks self-driving trucks yeah yeah because everything can't be delivered by drone they're too small uh, well, right, yeah, and on top of that, like we, most people don't know, like without the trucking industry, most people wouldn't get anything. They wouldn't have toothbrushes. They wouldn't have anything. Huh. You know, because like that shit comes in from the coast. In order to get it, all everybody in the that's not living on a coast, 
they need to get their shit by trucks. So right. like, or, yeah. I mean, I guess they used to do trains. Yeah, they, but that's not as big. That's uh, used to transfer like coal and and uh, lick, like big gas liquids, chemicals, things like that. Yeah. That's what it's more used for, and you know whatever. But um, it's a it's a it, it's a very difficult job because you're working most of the time. You're working 14 hours a day, Ugh. and then that's mostly driving. That's 10 hours of driving a day, Ugh. and then you're at the mercy of the load. You know, right. so like if you if you get your load dropped off and you get another load that's like five hours away, but you've been up for 10 hours, you know, you're like, okay, well, do I pick that up? And I'm not going to go to bed for 24 hours, and then I got to go drive for another 10 hours. You're like, it's it's incredibly brutal. Wow, um, and they're not. No one's no one's helping you out. They aren't no. like. <laughs> and it's unhealthy too. About, yeah, it's unhealthy. They're not thinking. I mean, and then you're sitting down. It's completely sedentary. Yeah. All and all day. you have to do is eat, all you have to eat is fast food. All you have to eat right is gross, yeah. terrible yeah. fast food. It is it so awful. As I get older, this is so funny. Jonathan and I had this big conversation about. Um, he was talking about wanting a Big Mac, and he was talking about when he was little and what a Big Mac meant. And I right. too have similar memories. My grandmother took me to eat a Big Mac and we went to McDonald's when I was five and she said, you can get anything you want, but you have to eat it all. And I was like, Oh, I want a Big Mac. And she said, Oh, you're a big girl. You can eat your whole Big Mac. And I remember her being so proud of me because I ate this entire Big Mac. <laughs> so the, the point is that the memory of the burgers and what they mean in my mind is right. completely different than what they taste like in real life. So Jonathan was like, should we go get a Big Mac? I said, no, 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 it's not going to taste good enough. If I wanted to eat a Big Mac, I'd have to kind of make it myself and I'd have to go get a brioche bun and then I'd cut it in three pieces and I'd have to toast them because brioche would be great. And I would make like the mayonnaise and the relish and the, the stuff and I'd make the little sauce and I'd get like a piece of like Tillamook cheese and he's like, see, you're not making a Big Mac. I'm like, no, no, no. It would look, you know, I'd make it like, you know, do some onions and make them all grilled and delicious and some pickles and the cheese and make the thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, and he was like, but that, that that's not a Big Mac. But the the memory, I have a sense. I, I would rather never eat one again because it's what it exists in my brain will always be better than it truly is. Sure. And so, it astounds me that people eat that much, that many Big Macs. I mean, I bet there's a lot of people that have like at least three of them a week, mm-hmm. or like bur- any kind of burger fries. Yeah. And that's just regular. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. It's, that's a lot of people. Yeah. That for me almost goes back to belief and morality Mm -hmm. in that we are machines and you put the fuel in your mouth and it goes through your body and then you poop it out and then you get to live. Yeah, I got to live. (laughs) Yeah. And, but the, we've been somehow trained or taught that food doesn't matter and it's just, so for me, when I think about food, it's, it's like a belief choice. It's like a structure that sort of changes your life. And, and not like, I mean, vegans, they're like the ultimate religion, right? Yeah. And, and raw, there's a, people called raw vegans. They right. don't use any heat That's except so the sun. So if they're going to do anything, <laughs> like if they want nuts or whatever, they have to be dried in the sun and the berries and the fucking kale, whatever. They don't apply any heat to anything. Okay. Raw vegans. All right. That's, it's a, that's a religion. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's got to be at that point because all you can think about all day is how you're going to get enough calories to survive. Really, yeah, because it's not like that stuff's... I mean, I don't know. I, I, the way I look at it, like, that's a, that's one of those things. Like, if you want to do it, go for it. But, yeah, yeah like, it's a, a morality thing, too, is where they, they act like... Uh, the problem is like if you eat a steak, if you eat a steak, then you're morally wrong. It's like, look, the thing's dead. Some people, like, I can't. Some people know? truly believe though that, and a lot of Buddhists, 
uh, are vegetarians because the whole concept of Buddhism is not to hurt another soul. Sure. And they believe that animals have souls. Therefore, eating meat is hurting souls mm-hmm. and it's bad. Sure. And I mean, and I understand that too, but. Well, if you look at, I mean, if you really want to, if people thought about it deep enough, the uh, the whole farming industry, uh, unless you go to a specific <laughs> farm that has handpicks everything and makes sure that every little thing isn't harmed, you're going to harm some animals in the, you know, in the manufacturing of your vegetables. Absolutely. And Kill those gophers. You cannot. Murder the gophers. Fully have guilt-free <laughs> food. It's just not possible. So right. if you want to have a, if you want to do what you want to do, go for it. Like, that's why I say with any religion, go for it. Like, as long as you're not pressing it on people or hurting people with it, like, then go for it. You know, if it, if it helps you get through your day, if it's helped you in whatever sure. way, fuck it, great. You know, if it makes you a better person, fantastic. Here, here's a moralistic question I have for mm. you. If you were one of the people that received the text that you were going to die in 38 minutes in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, that bullshit. What would you, right, but would you, I mean, I was thinking if, if in San Francisco we got a text like that. Yeah. It would be mass chaos, mass oh, hysteria. Yeah. Everybody would be in their cars hitting people, killing yeah. people, looting. But and, if it was going to, if the bomb was going to come, all the money would be vaporized anyway. So, like, how do you even, what do you do? But what would you do if you, you thought... You thought you had 38 minutes left to live. Well, the thing is with them, it was 15. That oh. alarm says 15 minutes. You got 15 minutes to get your, to say goodbye to your loved ones, to get to wherever you need to be. Like, and, and when you think about it on that level, it's the entire population of people saying, I have 15 minutes to live. What am I going to do in the next 15 minutes? That's people saying, I'm fucking, I'm killing somebody or I'm, I'm, I'm going to like, you know what I mean? There's like yeah. 15 minutes. People can do a lot of bad shit. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is like after that 15 minute, you know, thing window passed. Now they're just set, set list, like waiting for another half hour. Right. With all the, so. re- no, no, with another, all the regret like, after 15 minutes. murdering people. No, I mean, well, that's the thing. I guess that's the ultimate test of whether someone is moral. Or when not. you're faced if with it, your own mortality, if you're faced with your own mortality, do you choose to go like murder somebody just because you're like, well, I get to do it, or do you like? I, I just, I just get blackout drunk as quickly as possible, so nah. I have to remember that it exploded. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, it would be circumstantial if I was next to the people that I loved, and I would be uh, embracing them. If I was just out and about and around nobody I knew, I have no idea what I would do. Right. Uh, I have yeah. no idea what I would do. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just have to roll with it at that point because the streets will be chaotic. The streets would be chaos yeah. here. Yeah, you just be surviving. Chaos. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't get out of the... First, it was Hawaii, so it's an island. It's not like you can go anywhere. No. But here, in the city, if that happened... In 15 minutes, you couldn't go anywhere You couldn't anyway. get anywhere anyways. Yeah. Exactly. What, are you going to get to Berkeley? They're just as fucked. It wouldn't like, matter. Gonna... Yeah, it would not matter. <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't matter. 15 minutes, you could not travel far enough. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you might as well... I mean, I just... The concept that nukes are back in the gestalt mm. of fear. Like, we don't have enough to be afraid of. Like, I thought we were supposed to be afraid of Muslims. Now we gotta be afraid of nukes, too. Well, we gotta be afraid of North Koreans. We gotta be afraid of, Like, what are we supposed to be afraid of now? This is, well, everything. And, and and that's the thing. It's like, it gets so exhausting and so overwhelming that you're like, well, I have no choice. Like, that's kind of how Hawaii handles it, where they're like, well, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you know, uh, you heard about the whole thing with North Korea and Korea and the Olympics stuff, right? No, Olympic stuff. All right, so, okay, they're holding the Olympics in Seoul, Korea. Um, they did North- that years ago. They're doing it again? They're doing it again. And North oh. Korea uh, opened up talks 
the first time in forever, right? To say, hey, we want to be a part of the Olympics. Ooh. And sounds um, like Nazi Germany a little bit, right? So it's kind of like it's kind of like this uh, East Berlin, West Berlin. I don't know. Sure, Any, sure, yeah. Right. So the uh, so they they open up talks, and South Korea says, well, you could be like table tennis, whatever, like these little little ones, just as like a, a, a olive branch, sure. you know. And uh, they said, well, that's an insult. Yeah, that, you, we want to be a part of the big games, but the theory was that really it might not have mattered what they were offered that they just wanted an excuse to say hey we offered uh, an olive branch and you insulted us so now we're going to ruin the games well if you wanted to have it be their North Korea and they want to be representing Korea mm-hmm. then they might as well try out like the rest of the athletes in Korea and you see whatever Korean people are the best right and if the North Korean people are better than the Southern Korean people then you get to then you get to be in the Olympics but you know what I bet <laughs> that because most of them are starving like they can't you know they don't they they don't have an ice hockey program right. or like they don't have a figure skating right you know give me a break but ideally i mean ideally try that out. Be the case, but i don't know i think i think uh i think what happens is uh, well it's what's freaky about it is they're saying they're the ticket that they might shoot missiles and and fuck with with korea and now we got all these uh top athletes from all over the world uh. going to this event and that could be a world catastrophe because now you've got you got heroes from every part of the world that might get fucking hurt over there. Wow. And it's like, okay, well. Well, you know, and I. I say heroes lightly, by the way. That's say, just how they, I think, Olympic view. Well, I mean, their, yeah, from yeah. how we've been trained in the past. Right. It's like, this is our, na- this is the nationalistic thing we get to cling to. That yeah, it's so, I don't like nationalism so at all. I, I think it's silly. I don't either, but, I mean, everybody likes, everybody likes competition, right? Like, whatever. <sighs> Who's the best? Uh, it's it's nice as long to as watch. It's friendly, that, you know, as long as it's friendly. But <laughs> yeah, I know. But boxing is not amazing. Yeah. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, Wes Philipson. Yeah, thank you. Uh, when are you appearing next comedically? Comedically, I will be appearing next at the Iron and Gold tonight. Open oh, mic. That's <laughs> nice. There you go. There you go. I actually th- this evening I I ground pretty hard last night. I hit four mics, and because I know I can't tonight, I've got nice. I'm like doing all work and babysitting and all sure you gotta get the balance yeah but boy I do enjoy that iron and gold yeah this is a lot of fun and it's such a small room in back that it always feels full totally yeah Mm -hmm. I've always I enjoy I also enjoy Zane Barrett very much just as a human being of course yeah Uh, and then so you're just you just been grinding you have any upcoming showcases or no no I I took some time off uh, so I need to warm back up before I you know see if I can do any bookings sure yeah just getting back into swinging things sweet yeah well, Wes Phillips, and this has been a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you, you for yeah. joining us on us, like I'm me as in the queen as in us. Uh, <laughs> on Some Call Me Tim, we'd like to thank Thomas Bridgman for fixing the bathroom door. Um, for everybody else who's been complaining and upset that they, they just, they're like, I'm, well, we've got an expert. And <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited because I'm like, I hang a door. I'm so, I'm like, how do you do, what do you do with the thing? So it's like, I thought all doors were the same size. Apparently not. That's not a thing. That's all like, doors are not all, equal. All doors are different. Good stuff. Uh, thanks again, Wes Phillipson. Everybody uh, go out and support a local comedian and get your tickets now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018, March 1st through 5th. Check it out at Eventbrite and on our website. Okay, bye, everybody. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. 
So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section 
is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, seven to nine with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, six to eight. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar, come take a seat at Asiento. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Big dogs, you gotta fight niggas. You sleep outside in your shit. It's cold. You gotta, like, every time something breaks in the house, you have to...
of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. 
Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the slowest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner than you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll from some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four minute sets and four minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, seven to nine with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THCT. You want more open mics? Fridays, six to eight. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar, come take a seat at Asiento. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Wait, drink, drink around the corner, somewhere else, not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from 6 to 8 with Trina Roger. Yeah, do that. Hey, people, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show. Coming to you directly live from the corner of 21st and Florida. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Red Fox. Well, most of you know that I'm a war veteran. You can see I was shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> see, 
see a sniper threw a hand grenade and exploded and tore my other face away. <laughs> and a team of doctors grafted skin, grafted more skin, made me a new face. I don't know where they got the meat from, but <laughs> every time I get tired, my jaws want to sit down. <laughs> I can talk about World War II because I don't know too much about Vietnam, but I know World War II. I'm a veteran. I backed up so far in one battle, I bumped into a general. He said, why are you running? I said, I'm running because I cannot fly. People ask you a whole lot of dumb stuff under pressure. I was overseas for one battle I'll never forget. Three days we fought that night. Hand-to-hand -hand combat, karate, judo, rifle butts, tanks, flamethrowers, bazooka guns, 200 to 1. <laughs> Toughest Japanese soldier we ever ran into. <laughs> but nothing yell about him. He was just mean. <laughs> I was a paratrooper for a long while. A lot of people know of my exploits in the paratroops. One time, the sergeant is getting instructions to all the soldiers how to get, use the parachutes. They look, you guys, you jump out of the plane, you count to 10, pull the ripcord, the chute will open and float you down with the equipment. But one little paratrooper didn't hear the sergeant too well, and besides, he stuttered a little bit when he talked, and he walked over to the sergeant and said, Sergeant, 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 how high? Ted, 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 how high, Ted, Ted, you say we were supposed to suppose, how high, Ted, you say we were supposed to count to, Sergeant looked at him and said, you better count to one.